your reputation is everything in real estate. And the last thing you want to get is a bad reputation for not being responsive, not being trustworthy, not having good communication, because all of those lean so heavily on the transaction and going from start to finish. And we all know we don't get paid until it is finished. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Stephanie Heiser in Visalia, California. Today, I'm interviewing Ms. Brianne Smith. She's just down the road from me in Hanford, California. I think I'm her biggest fan. I'm so, so honored to be here. Brianne, tell us, what's your story? What's your name? What's your style? <laughs> so thank you so much for having me today, and I appreciate it. You're too kind. Um, so I'm Brianne Smith. I was born and raised in Lemoore, California. We are mostly known for the Navy base, but then also known for our good old berries and the smell of cows, obviously. Um, I moved away for a few years, went to college down in LA, and I studied merchandise marketing at the Fashion Institute of Design and Technology. Um, but then and when I came back, um, right as soon as I graduated, I was ready to come home. I didn't want to stay in LA. And all you can do when you move home to the Valley is work in ag. So I started working in ag for a little bit, um, got my feet wet, and then did a couple other jobs from there. Um, what led me to real estate is I started working for a real estate team doing their marketing. And then when they relocated to the East Coast, um, I got my license. I was going to take over their real estate business, but the distance was a little tough. So I went out on my own independent um, just about three years ago now. And I've just been trying to hustle ever since, really trying to brand myself and put myself out there. And that's just really helped my business so far. Awesome. And your branding is one of the many reasons I wanted to have our listeners hear from you because I can't believe you've only had your license for three years. Do you have any idea how many transactions you've done in those three years? It's been about 120. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and you have over 13,000 followers on your Instagram page. You're yeah. killing the social media game. So tell us, um, inside tips or tricks? How can we like analyze our Instagram page and make it more appealing to potential clients? Yeah. So I really think when it comes to social media, obviously everyone these days is on social media and everyone also knows a real estate agent. It is really easy to find a realtor. It's really easy to find a lender. You can know one personally, you could have a family friend, you could easily ask a family member or a friend. But now a lot of people are leaning on social media to find someone that they are comfortable with. So when they go to your social media page, Instagram for me is the best way to give a first impression compared to Facebook because they're able to see your grid and see all your posts and kind of get a feel of your business. So I think when it comes to branding, you really want to have an aesthetic in a way. Um, you want to have specific fonts that you're using, specific colors, and just really make it cohesive. But then also just showing your personality um, and how you handle your business and your clients because it's a way to get people 
to get to know you without meeting them in person necessarily. So when they do reach out, they're more comfortable. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. I've had some people reach out to me and just said like, oh, I love your color scheme. So I yeah. wanted to work with you. I'm like, um, exactly. Whatever works, I guess. I mean, <laughs> totally. And I think it's just another way. Like, I mean, you see years ago, people using billboards and things like you want them to see something that if they see one of my like nude graphics or like that green color I use, like they're like instantly that's like a Brian Smith post. And it's just having that recognition and brand recognition that can really help in your business. And when you give your buyer's guides and your seller mm-hmm. handbooks, all of that branding is matches your whole theme, right? Like everything yeah. about you is that like nude palette. Yeah. I try to keep it more nude. I don't want to brand myself too much to like a specific color. I don't want it to be too girly. I don't want it to be too manly. So then you can get more of like a broad audience. So I really leaned more into the nudes because it helps transition in any season, depending on what posts I'm putting up. And then even when I'm posting houses, so it's not competing against like a neon color or something like that. So for me, that's really worked. Others have been able to make other colors work, but I've just started with that from the beginning and just really leaned into it to keep my brand going since then. Yeah, I was actually analyzing your Instagram page today on a coaching call. We were talking about branding and legion and we compared my page to yours. And mine is like a hodgepodge. There's oh my not gosh. consistency, but the consistency is like hot pink and yeah, um, totally. like orange, all the colors in my yeah. logo. Yep, and exactly. So that is the consistency. Yes. And like you and I were talking about before we hit record, mm-hmm. the amazing thing about real estate is like anyone can make it work for them. Yeah and still be successful. You don't have to do a certain way, but obviously you're doing something right because you're selling a ton of houses and you are like the face of Hanford and Lamore real estate. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, I think that it's changed a lot from back in the day when you had to door knock and cold call. If I had to door knock or cold call, I would not be in real estate. Like absolutely not. There is no way. Um, and I think just really leaning into social media helped my business a lot. And now more agents are really leaning into that because they're seeing that change, but then really offering that education to buyers and sellers while still branding and creating that relationship has just been a game changer. And I think that will be super important now that our market is shifting. I feel like now we have to work extra, extra hard to get clients Mm -hmm. and to sell our houses. Do you have, um, Do you get a lot of referral business from other agents through your social media? I actually do. Um, It definitely wasn't instant in any way. Um, I've been really leaning into the social media and branding myself probably for, like I said, about three years now and probably about two years or so ago, it was a good year into really consistently posting, getting my face out there and building those relationships that I started getting more referrals. Um, But then also sending out referrals, really working in Hanford and Lemoore and having the Navy base, helping any of my VA clients that are relocating and PCSing somewhere else, creating those relationships also. So I've been able to create some awesome relationships online with agents that I haven't even worked with yet doing referrals, but I know I have them in case I need it and they have me in case they need me. So it's just been huge creating those relationships. And I think, again, it just shows community over competition um, and we can all help each other and help each other's business grow. 
Yeah, that's super, super sweet of you to say that. And that's our whole point of real estate rock stars. Yeah. We could give away our whole playbook and we would still have plenty of business. And like totally. 99% of agents wouldn't even follow the playbook yeah. anyway. Exactly. And they'd be dropping out. So yeah. earlier you were saying that this market could be the great cleanse. So let's talk <laughs> about that. What do you think agents? like need to be doing so that they're not one of the millions that will be dropping out of the business during our market shift. Yeah. So I think obviously we all watch selling sunset. We watch million dollar listing. I love it. I love watching them, but are they the most realistic? No. No. Do I love watching them and wish that it was that way? Sure. Like absolutely. (laughs) Um, But it is not like that day in and day out. Sure, it's cool. Like, I mean, I watched it before I took like my state test. I did have my feet wet working doing the marketing for the team before. So I heard different stories about listings and stagings and buyers and cancellations. And I learned a lot of the terms that way. But I do like those shows to like learn some minor negotiation skills you might be able to use and then maybe some minor light terms that you might be able to use, but not expecting it to be like that. I've had so many agents, countless agents reach out to me over the years, like asking, how do I start? What's real estate like? Oh, but do I have to work like past 8pm? Do I need to like go show houses on Sunday, like different things like that? Do I have to call this person back instantly? Do I have to show this house? Or can someone else do it? And it just comes down to putting in the work, your reputation is everything in real estate. And the last thing you want to get is a bad reputation for not being responsive, not being trustworthy, not having good communication, because all of those lean so heavily on the transaction and going from start to finish. And we all know we don't get paid until it is finished. So, and then again, from there, getting referrals from those clients once you close or when they go to sell or go to buy another home, it's not just done with that one transaction. So you can't just block them, be done, move on and think that it's over. It's continuing on from there and still nurturing the relationship. So they don't forget about you and go with the next newest agent that they see on social media because new ones pop up all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And I have had, um, so I started my business with Zillow because a sweet yep. agent told me it worked. I did yeah. it for about nine months and then I was way too busy to even yeah. keep up with the calls. And I haven't done basically any lead gen since just that yeah. network I built for those totally. nine months has yeah. taken me into the third year of my career, which is fantastic. It's amazing. And yeah. I like, I need to be way more on top of my game. But yeah. I literally do nothing to, yeah. like, I don't prospect at all. Yeah. It all comes to me. And I know that is not totally. going to work forever. And I'm totally yeah. getting my shit together right now. And, yeah. um, you know, preparing for the shifting market even yeah. further, I think, with interest rates going up. Totally. Yeah. It's just shifting. Yeah. Like, Every week. Um, so yeah. you we're saying you do market updates and sometimes by the time yeah. they're ready to be posted, yep. it's irrelevant information. So yeah, I'm like, what, crap, now I have to do another one. <laughs> yeah. What is your market like? Um, so right now I'm definitely working with more buyers, um, but it's kind of been all over the place. I've had a couple listings also. They've been on the lower end in the more competitive price range. 
So we still priced them well and accordingly to get them offers very quickly and get them over asking price. But then on the flip side, I have a buyer that closed in Hanford a few weeks ago for 40,000 under asking price after multiple price reductions. And another one that was 20,000 under and got full closing cost covered. So it's just kind of like all over the map right now. I think it just comes down to agents and sellers listing homes correctly. Um, and then also having the home's taken care of. Like it's not the same. Like if you don't mow the grass and if it's dead, people are going to point that out now and it will stick out compared to a home that is better maintained. Um, and so it was just crazy to see when that shift happened. It almost felt overnight. I had one listing one day and it went like a blink of an eye. And then another one that sat for a couple months because there was work that he didn't necessarily want to do to the house that we thought would be okay. But then the market shifted and it was work that needed to be done. So once the work got done, we went into contract and everything was good from there. But it's been interesting to see the shift after the past couple of years of buyers not being able to ask for repairs, having to offer these crazy, insane terms to get offers accepted. Now they're just paying a slightly higher interest rate. Um, but at least it's always better than renting is what I say. You don't want to pay hundred percent interest. So yeah, just have to lean into that. It's definitely better than renting. And I just had a client down in the Palm Springs area. She, okay. We got the house for 10,000 under asking, which cool. after the last few years, that felt yeah, like a huge, that's a huge celebration. Deal. Yeah, and totally. she got all of her closing costs covered that's and awesome. she's using a down payment assistance program. That's like the trifecta. And yeah. She walks into $53,000 of equity. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And so it's like those are just normal. the buyer wins that make sense right now, like with a higher interest rate. I mean, compared to like having to pay these insane prices, appraisal gaps, and then having to go into possibly do work to the house if sellers weren't going to do repairs. So it's interesting to see. And I think it'll be interesting, again, to track it the next few months and see what happens. What I do think regardless around here, at least in Hanford and Lemoore, we're insanely consistent with like PCS season for the Navy with people moving in and out. So that always keeps our market going. But in the Valley in general, it's always fairly consistent with people relocating and the most affordable housing in California. Right. That Central Valley is the most affordable place yeah. in California. And I feel like Hanford and Visalia especially are really beautiful yeah. towns. And there's of course parts that aren't as great mm -hmm. like everywhere yeah. else in the world. Yeah. But the main street, the downtown, the restaurants, yeah. the events yeah. that we have. Absolutely. It's just such an amazing place for families to relocate. Yeah. And we and just so centrally located, which is fantastic. Right. Yeah, yeah. two hours to Pismo, three, yep. three and a half, depending on traffic to yeah. Sacramento and San Francisco, Seriously. three to LA. Yeah. So it's really a great place. And 40 minutes to Sequoia National Park. That's like yeah. my favorite part about yeah. it. Absolutely. So our market is different. And that's a thing that yes. we always talk about on Real Estate yep. Rockstars. It's all very, very local. And yeah. I do a lot of work in Joshua Tree as well. Their days yeah. on market right now is over 50. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We went from like six days and that's only because yeah. we list a house and wait for yeah. all the offers. And wait, exactly. And to over 50, like so fast. And a lot of that is because it was a huge short-term rental market and the yeah. 
cities nearby change those regulations a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of my clients are short-term rental yeah. owners. And so yeah. I sell a lot in Three Rivers up by Sequoia. Yep. And people are always shocked that anyone would come to Visalia or Hanford. Yeah. Totally. Like stay in an Airbnb, but like you but said, they do and it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's still a really good place. But what I love that's different than Joshua tree is that we still have such a huge community. It's not solely yeah. dependent on short-term rentals and completely as of right now, like Tulare County doesn't regulate short-term yeah. rentals. You just pay your business yep. fee and then you're good to go. So that, yeah you know, the deregulation. And I think we're very business friendly in Central yeah. California too, which helps with our markets. But in um, other places, I think that they are having a much tougher time selling. Yeah, so like crazy. you said, and it's crazy to compare. Yeah, it's, I mean, but it makes sense because people and situations and lifestyles mm-hmm. are different everywhere. So, yeah. and you have to like, try so hard to sell a house now, like you said, before you can yeah. sell anything, zero effort mm-hmm. here, it's on the market. Yeah. Now, I think I'm noticing way more homes that are being staged and yep. Absolutely. the ones that are selling, especially. Yeah. Even like, how do you feel about virtual staging? I'm on the fence about it. I think it's interesting and I think it works better for some properties compared to others. And it also depends on the virtual staging. I've seen some really funky virtual staging that just didn't make sense to me. Maybe it did for the sellers or the agent. Um, But I've seen some really nice virtual staging too. I do kind of like it in a way um, that you can see the virtual staging to see how furniture fits in there, but then also seeing it as a blank slate, imagining your furniture in there. So I like it in that way compared to like in-person staging, but I do think we also have some fantastic stagers around here that do such an amazing job um, that it always works. Like the work that they do and like the product they create looks fantastic and works for a lot of people. But I do think the virtual staging is a better budget-friendly option compared to if someone isn't wanting to pay for staging. Yeah, I actually use virtual staging on an older home that I have okay. that I thought like, oh, it's going to sell before I could get any of our amazing, amazing staging companies out. That makes sense. Yeah. And like after a week of zero action, because it was priced way too high, because I okay. told them I would give them one week to yeah. prove that this is way overpriced. Yeah. And I wrote in the contract that we would drop 20,000 seven days later. <laughs> That's good. That's so smart. then I kept dropping. And as soon as we listed it at what I wanted to start with, yeah. we got two offers. Yeah. So it's good if you can build rapport with your sellers and convince them to not overprice. I feel like a lot yeah. of agents try to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. And it just makes everybody, it can waste all your time. Like don't yeah. tell your seller your house will sell for 500 if yeah. it won't. And always list in a safe spot because it will exactly. sell faster. Maybe you'll get yeah. multiple offers. Yeah. And you but it gives you less reduce. risk compared to it sitting on the market and getting a lower offer or like worse terms and things like that. But I think that's the interesting point that we're in in the market right now is like retraining these sellers that have seen these homes selling for far over asking price with like no contingencies and all these like crazy terms for the past couple of years that they kind of missed the bus and some don't understand that yet. 
but being communicative and honest with them is only going to help you. It's definitely not easy. Um, but if you, like you said, overpromise and under deliver, it's only going to reflect poorly on you as an agent and that can get out there and that can really ruin your reputation. You can do whatever you can to fix it, but just being upfront and honest is always the best option, especially in real estate. Right. I mean, I don't understand like why honesty isn't just like a normal expectation. You would think. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) And being transparent, like, but yep. Some sellers, like they really do need the seven days on the market at the high price just to prove to them. Totally. And I mean, I've been thoroughly shocked on some of my listings, how high they sold or appraised for too. So like you said, this market is really bizarre and it's shifting, but it's, it's, I don't know, some houses are still getting a ton of offers, especially when they're priced correctly. Yeah, I think that's really what it's coming down to these days, because buyers do have more options. In most cases, there is some inventory compared to having no inventory and seeing like one home every like couple weeks. So I think pricing it accordingly and having it be worth it, clean, well maintained, and having like different upgrades, if it's going to be priced like it has upgrades, you can't just slap a price on it anymore and go off to escrow. Right. And when you're running comps, I think it's important to really look at the last 30 days, whereas last year we would go off of 90 days. Totally. But it shifted way too hard in the last few months to worry about what happened two months ago. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break, but you guys have been hearing these ads, Follow Up Boss, right? They've been one of our longest standing sponsors of the podcast. And heck, most of you guys actually use Follow Up Boss. You've heard from so many of our interviews when we're asking people, what is your favorite CRM? Follow Up Boss is by far the most trusted picked CRM that we hear from people that we're interviewing. You know, Follow Up is huge. As an investor, there are so many times recently that we reached out one extra time to somebody that two months ago said they thought about selling us the house. And by just following up again, they said, yes, I'm ready to sell today. And they didn't know us from anybody. They were gonna say yes to the next person that reached out. And it was the fourth or the fifth time that we reached out to them. So follow-up is important as an agent, as an investor, as everything. You know, follow-up boss gets you and your team totally organized contacts leads all in one place they have like 250 integrations to all the other things out there for like texting phones voicemails all the other products that are out there it helps you convert leads to deals and then you decide how you want to expand and exactly when that happens for your business so tons of guests in here here's a couple of our guests saying what they like about follow-up boss i think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations Mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it, it's so user friendly. Also, before I forget, Follow Up Boss is hosting FubCon. Yes, FubCon 2022. It's an annual event hosted by Follow Up Boss the leading CRM in the real estate industry. The three-day event is packed with actionable tips, strategies that agents can use to double their listings, convert more buyers, and create systems that their agents love 
using. And right now, as the market gets tougher, a conference like this is exactly the thing you need. The keynote speakers are some of the most iconic agents in the business, and they're sure to inspire and motivate attendees. In addition to educational sessions, there will be plenty of networking opportunities with some of the industry's brightest real estate professionals. PubCon is the perfect opportunity to learn and take your business to the next level. I hope you check it out. But I like that now the buyers have options and I showed this super sweet couple a bunch of houses last yeah. week and every single house I um, like narrowed down our showings based on okay. homes that had been sitting. So yeah. I knew we could get like a good deal on it and we could yeah. close fast because their totally. house was already in escrow in LA. Got it. So we cool. had a really crazy yeah. time crunch. Yeah. But then they were on like Zillow while we're driving around the town. They saw yeah. a house listed that day. It was way over what they wanted to pay, okay. but it was only two years old. It's absolutely gorgeous. How cool. We, yeah. So they picked that one. We had to go over asking and do an appraisal gap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so See, that's rare these days, but it is worth it in certain situations for sure. Oh yeah. And that house was on over a third of an acre, which you don't really How see cool. in new construction. No. Definitely. So there's different things that make it worth it. Like in that case, for sure. And those are like the rare ones right now that do go far over. And there's been a handful of them definitely, but it has to be worth it. And it has to be priced accordingly, even for having those upgrades. Yeah. That house only had one silly thing called out on the inspection report. Okay. So there's not even a request for repairs cool. is just like the smoothest, easiest That's escrow awesome. knock on wood. Yeah. And seriously. I love the agent on the other end awesome. and everything's smooth. We all work together. So one thing I wanted to get your opinion on was, yeah, how do you feel about agents giving like concessions and credits to their buyers and sellers? Because I see a lot of posts online, especially and hear from agents like, oh, no, you're worth and um, that's your money. You worked hard yeah. for it. And I sort of have a different opinion, but I wanted to see what you think. I think it varies per situation. I think if you're good to people, they'll be good to you back and vice versa. Um, there's definitely been situations that I have credited buyers or sellers for things that have happened. Like a few months ago, um, my buyers are supposed to get fridge and washer and dryer and lo and behold, they go in move in day and everything's gone. And I mean, it was in writing everything, but I felt bad that, I mean, they were planning on this and now they have to go get a washer and dryer seller was already out of state. Like Yes, we could fight him to like bring it back, but it was just a headache. So I ended up just crediting them some money to get their fridge and like washer and dryer um, just because they didn't have the best escrow and the seller was a nightmare from start to finish. So it almost just felt like that last freaking dagger, um, but they were good to me. I've always been good to them and I want to keep that reputation. Um, and it wasn't worth it for me for them to like suffer or really have to deal with that after everything they've had to do. Um, same thing with like other escrows. If um, just little things like that or if repairs need taken care of that a seller can't um, cover, sometimes I'll pay for it and then just get billed back out of escrow. And then other times I'll just take care of it in general. Um, but you kind of get a feel for people. If someone's being like, 
an awful client or just being like super difficult, then I might not. But then other times, if I just want the escrow to be done and not lose the time and effort that I put into that escrow, if it falls apart, if I don't do this, that's always my mentality. Also, I do know my worth, but I also don't want to screw people over and I don't want them to miss out on a house um, or just be stuck in a crappy situation because of something that I could help with. So I think I'm a firm believer in karma. So if I treat people well, hopefully I'll get that back in return and my business will flourish and there'll be plenty of funds to keep on helping people out. But that's always my goal. And then I use it as a tax write-off. So (laughs) it works out in the end, but that's my thought. I know others do not feel that way. Um, I've offered before when appraisals come in low um, to bridge a gap with commissions. Um, sometimes I've done that other times agents were like, Nope, I won't let you do that. Like, know your worth. I'm not giving that as an option, which I appreciate. But again, if it means my client getting or not getting a house, like I want to get the deal to stay together. Well, that's just perfect. I couldn't have said it better, but that's exactly it. I've seen like newbies even like lose the Mm -hmm. listing because, or it just expires, whatever, because they don't just put in the effort. Like that commission money is not guaranteed. And like you can pay up front to get a house deep cleaned. If that is helpful, pay for junk removal. If you're, you know, selling that type of house or, um, you know, and it's not like HGTV, everything's not all happy all the time. Like, yeah, I just sold a home for a very sweet older couple that was dealing with um, medical issues yeah. and they didn't have the cash up front. So I paid totally for all the repairs and got yeah. reimbursed in escrow. And, um, and if they weren't making like a huge, huge, huge profit on the house, they yeah, sold, totally. I would have just covered it and not cared. Yeah. But I lowered yeah. my commission a ton to yeah. even list the house because I wanted yeah. them, you know, I know what it's like from just mm-hmm. you know experience with my parents, like the cost yeah. of medical bills and driving yeah. to and from doctors. So, I mean, sometimes you're just doing the right thing because yeah, it's someone in need. And yeah, like, and it just feels right. You know, yeah. when it feels right, and when it doesn't. Um, I think if someone's trying to take advantage, that's completely different. But I totally. think you really just go with your gut. And if it's something that you feel right about, or that you would lose sleep about not helping in this situation, um, and not being selfish about it, I think it makes sense not to say that everyone needs to do that. And most people probably won't, but going that extra mile can, again, really help your reputation, help with referrals and all that stuff. You would just hope that whoever you do it for doesn't go on to say like, oh, she cut her commission down to this, like she'll do it for you too. Or, oh, she paid for this and she'll do that for you too. Um, It's just having that respect also. So I think that's just really what it comes down to. You get a feel for people and you get a feel for how they'll handle it and if they'll be thankful and return the favor. Right. And sometimes it's even just selfish. Like you said, like all of us put all this time and effort and now it comes down to like the buyer has to pay off a thousand dollar credit card. Yeah, Here's a thousand dollars for my commission because otherwise I'm not getting any more of the money. So you're giving away money that you're not going to have. Like I can pay a thousand and make 9,000 or I can just say, Oh, too bad for you. We all escrow photographer, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. agents, all of us wasted all this time. Yeah. And then you lose the client. They're pissed off. You lose their future referrals. Yeah. Get over it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I had that years ago, probably like the worst escrow of my life, like the most stressful. And I mean, it was stressful from start to finish, but I was so stubborn with this one that I was going to close it because I didn't want anybody else to close this one. Um, And so I had to get it done. But I mean, every single day of this 45 day escrow was just a nightmare. Then we were getting down to the end and it was so close to falling apart that I had to substantially cut down my commission to get it to stay together. But in my mind, I'm like, I literally have been stressed like none other the last 45 days. I've been busting my absolute butt the last 45 days, doing anything and everything, communicating, going here, going there, scheduling this, getting that done. That if it doesn't stick together, then I'm going to be just as sick about it because then I don't get anything out of it. And then someone else is going to close it and I lose that client and everything. So in certain situations, it makes sense. And sometimes it makes sense or could be more of a positive than others. But in that one, I just didn't want it to fall apart. So I didn't do all that hard work for nothing. Yeah, for sure. So um, I always watch your stories. You're like driving and recording and talking about. I'm bad. I know. <laughs> like how, why? So you see the few stories or videos I post where I'm like, Apparently driving and recording is a thing for real estate agents, but we're always in the car. So it makes sense. Yeah, we're always on the go. (laughs) But I love how you keep it real and (laughs) like super angry or there was a story where you were crying. Yeah. That one. And it's, I love that you just keep it real and super professional and you're super gorgeous and all your branding, everything is great. Your personality is amazing. And in your stories, you tell the real life behind the scenes. Yeah. I think that's like really important. Like, I mean, people see selling sunset, they see million dollar listing and you see a lot of these positives, but then also in real estate, even locally, if you're just posting the positives, how are people going to know how to handle tough situations when escrows fall apart, when they get a low ball offer, when they need to do all these repairs, where they're getting screwed over by a builder, like plenty of things that happen day to day in our lives. And I think it's really important to show that, but it also shows how you handle the situation. So it helps your business showing how you can handle these tough situations, stay by your client's side and have their back. And it's only going to make people want to work with you. Sure, not everyone is for everyone. But again, you find your niche, you find your people, and that's who is going to really lean into your business and give you the best support. Yeah, well, that is your whole Instagram embodies that and 13,000 followers like blows my mind. (laughs) I think so when you started I feel like because you're so young and your generation, your peers are on Instagram, it seems like it just would come so easily. Whereas like old people like me and people even older, like we didn't grow up with all of that technology and social media. And so it's different, but I know because I know you and I know you're a really hard worker and you're extremely smart and strategic that it is a lot of work. Are there any tips or tricks that could make it easier? Like is batching, like, do you record on Mondays and schedule it all out for the month? Like what do you have a plan? And if so, what is it? Yeah. So I'm very 
critical of my page, very anal about my aesthetic and my branding. So I usually plan things out like at least a week in advance because when I'm getting my new video content from the team that I use to produce it, um, I usually get it a week after I shoot it with them. So I try to squeeze those in here and there. Um, but now these days, it's like, obviously, you're supposed to post as much video as possible. I love doing video, but I love having a mix because I think some people are definitely more auditory. And then some people are more visual. So I don't like just posting video. But obviously, it's what you get the most engagement with right now with the algorithm. So I do try to put in video as much as possible, or at least post on stories. Um, so I'm getting some type of engagement on there getting my face out there, but then also my voice and like my personality. Um, but I try to plan everything out at least a week in advance or so if I need to make changes to it, I can. But I'm very strategic in how I put my posts by each other when I post things, things like that. Because um, I want to keep my brand intact. I want people again, when they see the post, I want them to stop because they know that's a Brian Smith post, read it, listen to it watch it, whatever it is, um, and go from there. And that brings up a point of the importance of scheduling and having your calendar on point. We had a guest, Walter Key, talking about scheduling, and he is the master at it. I don't do it at all. And yeah, I don't, I I feel like it's something I always want to work on also, but I need to make time to like schedule to schedule. So it's something that I really need to work on. Also, I do want to lean more into um, doing yes, my more edited videos, but then less edited videos, um, getting more on top of that branding more and then creating more relationships for like referral business and stuff. So I need to get better about scheduling that um, but sometimes I just get tired of like being on social media constantly. That's one thing with real estate. You're either on your phone, texting with clients, setting showings, you're doing emails, checking with escrows, or you're on social media trying to like boost your business. You are always on your phone. And there are days that sometimes you wish you could take a break or you do take a break to refresh, which is great. But then you have to play catch up to keep up with everybody else. Yeah, having breaks is really important. And as you know, like mental health is my favorite thing to talk about. And I always say like, do as I say, not as I do, but it's so important. But this weekend when my husband and I are going up to Seattle and going to the rainforest and Olympic National Park, like I have a challenge and I'm so anxious about it. But I'm going to just leave my phone like at our hotel for at least the weekend. And I have so many crazy escrows right now. And I just think, oh, my God, if these don't close by the end of the week, I'll have to think about them. But I'm challenging myself to not have my phone and just be present with my husband because, you know, I'll post like, yeah, I can work from the beach. But also you really, really need to disconnect and unplug and enjoy like wherever you are and whatever you're doing completely. Yeah. And even if you're posting on social media, like for me, it's super overstimulating and I'm a little bit like introverted, kind of an extroverted (laughs) introvert. Yeah. And, you know, I just like, I feel goofy, like having a story like, oh, I'm at the national park now. And, you know, or I don't like. No, sometimes I'll see like the template, template, whatever come up on reels. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I ever post a reel that has like pictures or any reason to it. Yeah. Because I have no clue 
how to do any of that. But yeah, it's like, oh, I want to show that I'm in the rainforest and it's going to be the most magical, beautiful place. Yeah. But also like my husband needs me to not be on my phone. Yeah. At least sometimes. I mean, there's so totally. many dinners where I'm on the phone and yeah, there's I get so it. much time that yeah, like you have to have the answer yeah. now because 10 people totally. down the line are waiting for yeah. you. Yep. And that's just real estate. But I think it's finding your groove, doing what's best for you and finding what works for your business. Not what works for your business might not work for my business and it might not work for Susie's business. It's also different. And that's the great thing about real estate these days. But I think that's also the big thing on social media is like imitation is not your friend, like just imitating someone else's page or what they're posting. It's not going to help you at all. You need to brand yourself and let people get to know you because it's only going to help your business. If you're acting like someone else or putting out this content because you think so-and-so did, but it's not authentic to you and to your business, it's only going to hurt you. Right. And I feel like it takes so much time and energy to like, not just be yourself. Like I post videos on the fly. And right now I'm in a 30 day video challenge and I'm so competitive, (laughs) very, and with myself. And I'm like, Oh my God, I was showing houses all over central California today. I don't even have makeup on. I'm so tired and I have to post like, forget it, like progress over perfection. And in the, I've been like kind of analyzing the data and I don't get a lot of engagement, but I've got a lot of business from Instagram. Yeah. And um, I think like one thing I try to tell like new agents and all my mentees is that it kind of snowballed. Like you said, it took a year of consistent posting and you could have given up, but like, look at you now, like you just have to keep going. And then I feel like all of a sudden it just snowballs. Like I remember getting licensed in February and I know my first year isn't like typical of a first year agent. But I got my license. I didn't get my first check until the end of April. So yeah, February, March, and most of April, like I got zero dollars. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I cl- so the fifty-four deals I did in my first year were really only in the last nine months of that yeah. first year. Yeah. So it just all snowballs. So. I just want new agents, everyone listening to know, like, if you just stay consistent and keep trying, there's going to be that one thing that just clicks and then it all falls into place. But if it doesn't resonate with you and what you're Mm -hmm. trying isn't giving you results, it's totally fine to stop and try something else too. Completely. And I think that's important because I mean, you look at the stats that 80% don't make it past a year and a half in the business. And sure, some people give up quickly, but others, if like, this is what you want to do, you can stick with it, but you just have to put your nose down, get it done, hustle, figure out what works best for you, brand yourself, get yourself out there and find different ways to do it. Like going to different events. I get a ton of clients from the Pilates studio I teach at, like more than I would ever imagine. So it's like, there's different ways to make it work for sure. Yeah. And just being yourself is like literally the easiest thing you can do. And I, and be nice to people because you never know who's (laughs) going to be a client. And that's the thing at the Pilates studio, I'm very good and very, um, 
I focus on knowing everyone's names, trying to get to know them better and things like that, because it creates a relationship. So then again, hopefully when they're looking to do anything in real estate or have a family member or a friend looking to do something, they'll feel comfortable enough to refer me to them. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure they do because your personality, everything is so on point and so great. So listeners, when you go check out Brian's Instagram page and her website, just know she makes it look super, super easy, but she puts a lot of work and time and energy into it too. Well, yep. thank you so much for all of your time. Tell us where to find you. I know people will want to see all this amazing stuff we've been talking about with your branding. Yeah. So my Instagram is Brian Smith Realtor. It's B-R-Y-A-N-N Smith Realtor. And that's my Facebook also, but it's mostly the same content. And then my website is BrianSells.com. Thanks awesome. again so much for having me. It was so much fun and I'm sure we'll get together soon. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. Real estate rock stars. Thank you so much for listening. You know where to find me. Steph Heiser does real estate. And I look forward to getting your feedback on our interview with Brian. Thanks. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>